Hey there, Panther fans. This is an interview that Tim and I got to conduct with Coach Elliott down in the, uh, the bowels of Center Park Stadium this morning. It was a lot of fun, and we really enjoyed it. Hopefully, we can do more things like this. There were uh, one little minor technical issue that happened. Uh, let me know if you can notice it within there. I tried to edit it out as best as I could, but um, you'll probably notice it. Anyways, it was a lot of fun. Let us know what you think of it, and uh, we'll talk to you for next week's episode. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Coach, for being here today to talk with us. Uh, first of all, how has the um, offseason been going so far? God, we just jump right into this. No small talk, huh? It's just bam. Hey, Allison gave me 30 minutes. I'm going to maximize every second of it. <laughs> our offseason has probably been the best one um, probably since our first offseason when we got here. Excellent. Um, you guys probably know we there was a change in our strength and conditioning. Um we had to go back and, and do some things differently. We had to get bigger. We had to get stronger. We had to get tougher. Uh, we had to learn to overcome some uh, – I, I call it adversity. You know, uh, sometimes some things happen and we got down a little bit uh, a year ago and, and, and couldn't recover. So I, I think uh, for me personally, uh, it's been the best offseason we've had. That's good to hear. I like that. Yeah, that's great to hear. Do you have a question for him, Tim? Yeah. So, obviously, with the departure of Nate Fuque, you have the rival of Stags coming in from yeah. Coastal. Can you give us an idea of how that transition is going? Do you expect us, us to see anything as fans different this fall when, when we see you guys on the field? Yes. Uh, so, the transition for Coach Stags has been, you know, when you hire a defensive coordinator after the spring practice, it's <laughs> a little bit more difficult than sure. having a change before spring practice because – you know, spring practice, which certainly you 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 gain knowledge and 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 things out of it. We weren't able to actually get that done during that. He wasn't able to really truly see our players, uh, kind of getting after it, so to speak, okay. uh, in his scheme. Uh, you now, when in the you know the months since or two months since we've uh, had an opportunity to get out there and we call player led practices, so. Uh, the implementation of that defense has been going in. It's going to continue to go in. And there's going to be what I think is going to be a, a huge difference between our defense a year ago and our defense uh, coming up. I think we're going to be a more aggressive defense. Uh, we're going to be a pressure uh, defense. Uh, multiple fronts, something we didn't do a lot of in the past. And that's going to be something I, I really enjoy because – you know, uh, you, you can really hone in on one front or one coverage, or and typically there's multiple coverages, but one simple front. Um, but we're going to have multiple fronts, and so as a fan, you're going to sit up there and say, "Okay, they, well, at this point there was a four down front, at this point there's a three down front. Then why is he? I don't understand why he's dropping, he's rushing. So uh, it's going to be a fun, fun fall camp for us to see it." I guarantee you I will not be saying that in the stands watching because I won't know what's going on. Well, ho <laughs> hopefully when you see the quarterback hit from the blind side a few times, you say, now what now? I understand that's what I like. Happened. I like seeing the quarterbacks going down yeah. and us crossing the, the end zone. That's yeah. what I like to I say. hope we keep other teams on their toes too, right? If they're not seeing the Well, that's the whole point. Right. Yeah, that's the whole point. Uh, you know, sometimes in, in the past and – uh, if Coach Fuqua was sitting right here, I'd be like, yeah, you know, we're probably a little vanilla. I and mean, you could uh, kind of see what was coming at times. So when you have the, the dogs to go out there and play that kind of defense, you can go play that kind of defense. Otherwise, you have to be a little bit more creative. Yeah, it seemed like uh, under Fuqua, we would start the season out 
frustratingly uh, slow on defense, but then finish out incredibly strong. Like, uh, it wasn't necessarily last year, but maybe it was two years ago where we felt like, again, this is, you know, talk about from a fan side, what it looked like to us. Struggling, struggling those last four games, the defense played lights out, getting picks left and right, and putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback, making them make bad throws. Uh, so um, hopefully, you know, that uh, we can play a full season of that type of defense. Well, I mean, we would all love to play a perfect season. Right. I mean, that's that, that's hard to do in this day and age, but both offensively, defensively, especially as wise, it's, you know, uh, we our motto around here is start fast and finish strong, and, and that's certainly our goal. Excellent. Uh, so in addition to the coaching changes, there's been a, a lot of turnover thanks to the transfer portal, yeah. losing a lot of guys to uh, what's perceived as bigger programs and bringing in guys from all over the place. Uh, how has the transfer portal changed off seasons and recruiting everything for you? Well, I mean, um, you know, you, you have to be a roster manager. So you got to know, you know, who's to party and who you need to recruit. You know, and ultimately that's the number one thing that has changed. Um, you know, a year ago, we, we didn't know we were going to lose 10, 11 guys so, uh, to the transfer board. Um, and for whatever reason, they took off. And then we got to say, okay, we had our initial, initial number that we needed to sign. And, and now we have 11, 12 more guys we got to go replace. Uh, so recruiting just continuously is a surprising uh, event day after day. Um, you know, the NCAA has made it so easy for the student athlete to pick up and go from one place to another. Uh, even even now, I mean, if you're a graduate transfer, you can leave anytime you want. You you can roll right up until uh, three days before the game and say, "Hey, I'm out," you know, and go and transfer to another institution, which is baffling to me that that can happen. And and I do understand that there needs to be the opportunity for for all student athletes to go and find success and happiness. And sure, but uh, you know, for, for a lot of this is just because. Uh, other institutions, other other schools are are coming after your guys and offering them, uh, I guess, an opportunity they can't turn down. Has the most recent changes changed your approach? I think, like when you first came in, you weren't big on transfer portal. Am I not, if I'm not mistaken, and you've had to lean into it more in the past couple of years. Well, I mean, anytime you lose an older successful player, you have to replace that guy with an older player as well, right. a, a veteran player. Otherwise, you you can't replace that guy with a high school athlete. Right. Otherwise, you can get your head beat in. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I love building teams. I love building men. Um, that's probably why I love the coaching so much is seeing a young man that's immature and comes in here and doesn't know how to work, doesn't know how to study, and doesn't know how to do a whole lot of things and matures into a man that uh, you're really proud of uh, at the end of his his, his career. And uh, you don't really get to do that with a transfer, you know. Right. I, it's like just hey, let's throw a bandaid on it. But in this day and age, you have to adjust. So yes, uh, I've changed my mentality just because yes, uh, we've got to go out there and be successful. That's what we're here to do. Yes, uh, Tim and I were talking about uh, before we came in here was you know uh, you know looking at it. You know, it used to be you would sign these guys or recruit these guys, and you look forward to seeing them develop over the three or four years as a from a, from a fan side. But yeah. now it's almost like the college basketball days where every year is just a completely different squad coming in. You don't really get to build that kind of uh, long-term relationship watching the guys you play. And, and the transfers that we've brought in now, uh, you know, you do develop that relationship with them. But for the most part, they've already been developed. and uh, But we get to, I guess, develop them into our culture now. Um, 
not as long as I would like, of course. Right. Um, you know, I love, like I said, I love recruiting the high school athletes. You get to know them so much better in recruiting because it's happening over a year, year and a half and not three days. Right. You know, so it's really an un- unknown right now. We're going to see how it all works out. I mean, ultimately, uh, I think we're us and the NCAA is going to have to see how it all <laughs> is, is figured out. Right. Because right, you have to transfer your four years of building someone up into a year. Essentially, not even you're accelerating all of that into a year or less to build that team camaraderie yeah. and build that person. Yes, which they could technically, I guess, still leave again that year after or two years later. So that's got to be a, a immense challenge for you to kind of adapt to that new environment. Which I'm assuming with the NCA is going to change again here in the next couple of years somehow, some way. You know, I don't know. It's hard to speak on what the NCAA is going to do. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, another big change has come out in the past couple of years or this past year is the NIL deal and yeah. uh, it's how that affects players. And in conjunction with the transfer portal, it gives uh, guys an, a more reason to want to jump ship, so to speak. Uh, how, how can Georgia State be competitive uh, in that environment, that this new world we live in with the NIL deals? Well, that's a great question. You know, the university in itself cannot be involved in right. the NIL. Um, so ultimately uh, – it's it's the fans. It's it's people outside the program that formulate the ideas and get things rolling uh, to help the student athletes. And uh, you know, I was just at our our Sun Belt conference meetings, and uh, one of the, one of the coaches misspoke, and he said he had a war chest of NIL deals. And I was like, a war chest, man. What's going on? Get one of those. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking, you know, I'm just hoping to get him a hot dog somewhere, and he's got a war chest. And uh, then he can he kind of figured out what he was saying. This is probably after a few beers he said that and I never let him live it down. So, you know, that's got to come from outside. You know, yeah. it's got to be somebody that has a, a great love for our university and uh, not just one, but multiple people get together and formulate a group and say, hey, this is what we're going to do for our university, right. our team. State of Atlanta, NIL Collective, we'll get it started and uh, <laughs> we'll uh, buy all the hot dogs for the, <laughs> for the guys. Hey. For some guys, a hot dog is a long way. <laughs> well, you know, the teams we play, the Sun Belt, you know, what it costs for a hot dog in Atlanta could probably buy you a nice car in Monroe, Louisiana or something like that. Without a doubt, probably two cars in Louisiana. <laughs> Uh, do you have another uh, question? Yeah, no. I mean, just from a fan perspective, seeing the transfer portal and NIL coming along, it seems like the P5 basically views the G5 as minor league and we can poach what we want when we want. They can. And, like, obviously, it's hard to counter that, right? I mean, yeah, you know what? Uh, you know, I don't think I can counter anything that Southern Cal is offering. North Miami, Carolina, right. Miami, West Virginia. I don't. Th- I don't think I can do that. Yeah. Uh, um, it's just hard to do uh, from our level and into their level because uh, number one, the backing that those universities have. I mean, um, it's, it's kind of a win at all costs mentality sure. with their fans and most of their fans, and that's uh, that's something we have yet to achieve here. Do you think there's opportunity to poach backwards P5 players that well, are sitting on the bench that aren't playing that want to play? They don't want to just sit on a bench for four years at well, P5 you, school. Here's, here's the one thing, and, and you used the word poach. Uh, we are never going to poach a player. I, I promise you that. Uh, those players will be uh, already in the portal. Looking we're, we are not going out and searching. Sure. Uh, that's just something we're not going to do and our, our coaches are not going to do. Um Yes, I think there there's great opportunity for guys that think their their talents are bigger than what they are, and and, and everyone kind of misses in recruiting. We all understand that, you know, it's a it's a fifty fifty 
crapshoot, so to speak. Um, so there's a lot of players available that go to these uh, Power Five programs that have a really good skill set. For yeah. whatever reason, it doesn't pan out there to bring them back here to Atlanta, uh, especially the ones that are that are from the city of Atlanta and from the city, uh, state of Georgia. I think that's that's important. And that's uh, some of the things we've tried to focus on a little bit. Uh, you know, there's not really that uh, quote unquote website out there that tells you exactly where they're from. Uh, <laughs> to figure it out. <laughs> uh, you, I mean, you you got to have a lot of manpower because you know how many people are going in the portal every day. I mean, right, it, right. it's like it's a flood, flood yeah. of individuals. Uh, but you certainly have to hear uh, you got to do your due diligence and studying them, seeing why they're leaving. Right. Is it good? Is it bad? What do they do? Are they not any good? I mean, uh, there's a lot of a lot of players that go out there and just can't play. Sure. <laughs> not to mention there are students or kids that tra- that are in these schools that don't play that are fine with it. Right. They don't want to play. They want to, but they're really not good enough. They're not going to transfer. Then there's probably kids that get there, hope to play, aren't playing, and then say, well. I can go somewhere else and play tomorrow, yeah. right? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So. Yeah. And most of the times the guys that are that are transferring from uh, that Power 5 program, especially the top-level Power 5 programs, they're good players. They're just not seeing the field because of the yeah. abundance of talent that's on that roster. Right. Sure. Something that uh, – I don't know if this translates from basketball to football, so you can just shut me down really quickly if it doesn't. But something that Coach Hunter did, and I think that Coach Hayes has started to do as well, is target players in recruiting that he knows – aren't really going to come to Georgia State right now, but may want to come back at a later date. Maybe because roster sizes are so much smaller, basketball versus football. You could, that's something you can, you can do. Yeah, it, it, it's very hard for us. We don't have the manpower to, to go recruit that many individuals. Right. I mean, uh, we just don't. Do you think about how many players we have to recruit? If we're going to sign 25 and, and now maybe 35 <laughs> players, uh, to spend time on somebody you're hoping might come back is, you know, we, we will extend the offer. We will – uh, reach out and have some communication, but our, our, our focus has to be on guys that we think we can have here. Right. Uh, immediately. I got one last question about recruiting before we move on. And that's, um, it seems like, um, I keep on saying this from a fan perspective because, you know, that's, that's just all we are. We're just fans sure. uh, of every, of Georgia State. It seems like from a fan perspective, there's so much talent that is in Georgia. I think Georgia is like the fourth most recruited state in uh, college football. Uh, it seems like, we're getting most of our talent from outside of the state though, specifically the Carolinas where we get, we see a, a lot of guys coming from. Um, is it that uh, these guys are just wanting to leave the state of Georgia or for, for the most part? I mean, uh, you know, the city of Atlanta, a young man that's been living in the city of Atlanta or around the city of Atlanta, is not really excited about the city <laughs> of Atlanta. That's right. I mean, it's just for whatever reason, it's not. Right. And uh, for a young man that may be in Aiken, South Carolina, that's, you know, in, in a, I guess Aiken's about 12,000 and he drives two and a half hours down the road mm-hmm. and sees the great city of Atlanta and sees the, the Falcons, the Braves, the Hawks and music and all these right. concerts. And now he's really excited about the city of Atlanta. Uh, and, and we want people that want to be here, you know, and I'll say it, um, we go and first and foremost, we go and try and sign the very, very best players mm-hmm. uh, that we can, whether they're from Atlanta, Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, it doesn't matter. We want the very best players first and foremost. Uh, but we do want the players that want to be here. Right. And that's how you can really choose who you need to spend your time on. Cause if you have to convince a young man, truly convince him to come to your school or your university, he's probably not going to be happy. Cause that, he's right. And it could be a flight risk in the transfer portal. Sooner right than later. now you, you, you got to really be not, sh- 
well, you can't be 100% sure, mm-hmm. but somebody that's just really passionate about your city, your university, your lifestyle in that city, and just what you have to offer. Excellent. Yeah. You got anything else? I got more, but. No, I mean, Ethan, let's want to move. Yeah. To well, uh, so this is the first year we've been playing uh, an FCS opponent uh, in Rhode Island, which is a pretty good FCS team. True. Uh, but we have yeah. past two years, we've not played an FCS team, which personally I love. I, I don't have any interest in playing FCS opponents um, unless it's somebody that's local, like, you know, I think South Carolina, South Carolina always plays like the Citadel or something like that every year, every few years. Um, do, do you have any preference? I know you, I'm assuming from a coach, you're like, give me a schedule and I'm going to play, put the best team out there every single week. But do you have a preference on what types of games we schedule out of conference, whether you'd want to see? Yeah. I mean, I would, I think we all understand we have to go play one power five. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just have to do that for budgeting of all our sports. Right. We understand that. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately that's a tough, tough deal. I mean, it's tough to do. Yes. We, we had an opportunity and and went to Knoxville and beat Tennessee, but it's, it's still very, very hard and, and I won't say highly unlikely, but, but you know, I was speaking with a gentleman last night. You know, the University of Georgia has has a just a quote-unquote recruiting budget of $4.5 million. $4.5 million. Well, our operating budget isn't, <laughs> isn't even half that. I mean, for the entire football program. So to go and, and, and do that, and let's just say like we have the past couple of years and schedule two power fives, you know, that's – I don't know. I'm not going to say it's not smart. It's probably smart for the athletics department, but right. you know the record goes on my back and it goes mm-hmm. on our kids' back, and it, it kind of steamrolls from there. You can take injuries out of that and, and completely destroy a season. Uh, a lot of things can happen. I, I'm, I understand that what we have to do. The right. one power five, I'm great with. I really don't care about scheduling the FCS, mm-hmm. but if you can schedule me another group of five, I'm all for it. So right. I'm, I'm all for that. I guess building off that, so the start of the 2023 season seems a bit more manageable competition-wise than if you look at years past of what we've done scheduling. Is that something you prefer to have a more balanced schedule leading into a season? To I, think, I think we all do. Yeah. I, I think we all would like a, a what I call a quote-unquote competitive schedule to go out there and start the season. Um, one of the things that I, I look back on a year ago, and you go and you, you start off the season, you play South Carolina. I thought we played South Carolina very, very well, very well. other than two plays. And, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And those were two devastating plays because we really felt like we could go and defeat them. And uh, we had every intention of doing it. And the very next week, we had the University of North Carolina come in here, and we felt like we were. So you know, <laughs> We were. And, yeah. and, and sometimes you don't, as a, as a coach, you don't want to say you put too much emphasis on it, but we did. I mean, we were like, one of them was going down. Yeah, right. We, we all thought. We, and we so uh, when we one. came up so close there um, at, at North Carolina, you know, it, it was just kind of def- defeated us a little mm. bit uh, how it would have played out a year ago if we would have said two group of five opponents and here you are sitting at two or three and oh and now going into conference scheduling you're healthier and you're able to go out and execute a little bit more Who, who's to say what could have been but that's that's a tough start uh, uh emotionally physically Playing those programs, especially when they're sure. right, you know, the, perfect. when the SEC and ACC spend them sixty million dollars on for just television contracts, I mean, and you got the SEC home cooking on the refs like we did with uh, Auburn. Well, <laughs> you know, we had an opportunity there as well. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll talk I know, that. I know you, you can't say a lot about that, but uh, we were uh, rock, uh, you were no, you were you were there. We were yeah. we were both there. We you just had the bus. We had a bus that went down there, a little booze bus. It was uh, it was a good time, and I remember checking my phone during the middle of the game and some. 
sports analyst was commenting that uh, Sean Elliott's going to get Georgia State blacklisted by all SEC schools really quickly here. So. <laughs> it was really close, really close. Um. <laughs> uh, I mean, to that extent, is there any is there a specific team or teams or or a specific coach you would like to see on the schedule for us to play sometime? I, I think you go out and you play the SEC. I mean, yeah. honestly, I think the SEC is where it's at. Everyone talks about it. Everyone across the football world mm-hmm. <laughs> talks SEC football. Right, so sure. for our program to continuously grow, we've got to go play the SEC. Okay. South Carolina, you know, th- those guys. LSU this year. I mean, Alabama. we got to go play those teams because – Texas, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let, let's, let's be honest. I mean, uh, you, everyone's going to wake up and see the SEC scores. Yep. I mean, nobody's going to – I mean, maybe the Big 12 up north, but I really ain't looking to see who nah, Ohio State uh, beat. You know? I, Everybody I, wants to know who Bama beat because they're one. <laughs> and then here we go again. You know, you, you got Georgia. They're one. I, mean, I was just figuring out the difference between Big 10 and Big 12, yeah. and then all the realignment came through. And I'm, I don't know which team yeah, which I conference either. either so. yeah, it's absolutely true. Like, I had a childhood friend that saw our first Alabama score and actually called me up out of the blue because he saw Georgia true. State. He knew I went there. He's like, that's awesome. You guys played, you know, Alabama. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it was Great. <laughs> and it's great for recruiting. I mean, because so many of the high level recruits are, are yeah. there at that game and you get a chance to showcase. And I've had uh, numerous, numerous recruits, especially after Tennessee, especially after Auburn, uh, reach out and like, well, I witnessed your team play, coach. I mean, I don't know where I'm going to school, but this is happening here and let's stay in touch. And, and, those are the things I like to see Excellent. and keep it right here in the Southeast because that's where the, the best football is. Uh, to that end, uh, playing LSU this year down in Baton Rouge, uh, if, if my internet searching is correct, you coached uh, with uh, South Carolina a couple times at yeah. games down there, uh, which I've got to say this because I'm, I harp on schedule so much. South Carolina played twice in Baton Rouge with no return trip to Columbia during that time period. I just, yes, I hate that type of scheduling. That wasn't that wasn't on purpose. Uh, okay. So in, in 2015, there was a huge flood in Columbia, South Carolina. Ah. So the game oh, had to be moved. Oh, okay, uh, okay, all right, all right. Well, yeah. I got, yeah, I, I got, got ran out of my house, so uh, I was homeless <laughs> because of a flood. Oh no, in oh, no. 2015. So yes, we've uh, we've had some very unusual. So we had to do that when I was at South Carolina. And then when I was at Appalachian State, the first time we went down there in 2005 and, and actually held a lead there in the fourth quarter, 10 to 7. I believe it was 10 to 7. And I ended up losing a real close one. And then we played them in 2007 and there was a hurricane coming and we had to play them at 10 a.m. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So we're eating pregame meal at 6 a.m. That's what kids like to do. <laughs> and it was, the wor- it, it was the worst experience of my life. I'm I like, bet. And so I couldn't understand. So I tried to tell our head coach, you know, he'd stay on target. We got a consistent model. Mm-hmm. I was like, these kids don't want to get up at five thirty and come <laughs> to breakfast at six AM and nope. then go play a game. I said, Honestly, we ought to just wake up at about eight thirty, bus over at nine, get on that field at ten and play. <laughs> Everybody has a power bar on the bus and two thousand five and two thousand five and honestly we we had a great chance to, to that was our first national championship up there. And we had a great chance to beat these guys. And guess what? That was when Hurricane Katrina happened. Uh-huh, yeah. So they had, there was no hotels. So guess what we did? We took a flight the day in the game, got off the bus, rolled in, played them, got off, lost by seven. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only way I want to go to Louisiana, being that's a diehard Falcons yeah. fan. I hate the Saints. I hate everything yeah. about Louisiana. So when I go there, I stay in like Gulf Shores and drive over I mean, it's just like, <laughs> just like Auburn a year ago. I mean, we're playing them. I'm not sure what time we played them. I said, we don't need to go spend the night the night before the game. 
yeah, know, waste yeah, all the, and it, we, it probably would have been beneficial for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you have to budget, you have to save yeah. money where you can. We drove down the day of the game, got off in, I think it was Montgomery and had lunch, rolled in there and played. You know? <laughs> That's great. That's <laughs> had great. an opportunity to beat them. Uh, but I was going to say about LSU is like, is there's a lot of fans and you want to, obviously these big P5 matchups, that's the, the games that fans circle on their schedule for years in advance. Yeah. Uh, having played down there multiple times now, uh, to the fans that are wanting to go, what would you tell them about like what the experience is playing down there in Death Valley and everything? My first trip down there at the University of South Carolina, I believe they were three and we were five. And it was a Saturday night contest. And it was probably the most unbelievable experience I've ever encountered. The drive-in with that matchup, it was a, I think it was a CBS game or whatever it was, um, was incredible. You want to talk about the hair standing up on the back <laughs> of your neck, the fans. I mean, that's that's what I love. Them fans were throwing everything at us. They are flipping us off. Old <laughs> women were cussing us up and down the bus. We couldn't even drive our bus in because they just encountered that one street, <laughs> one street that wraps around the south end of that stadium. And, and I mean, it just made you want to go out there and just – I mean, we could have got off the bus and fought them off. I would have. I would have that. Day. It, it was. It was. It was incredible. So if you get a chance, go experience it. Yeah, um, it'll be friendlier, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it's a twelve o'clock game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we that third until you get too long. Yeah. Georgia State's very first year of football we played. The, we ended the season at Alabama. Yeah, and so obviously, when you have number three number, and number five playing, it's a big difference yes. than reigning national. Or, or I think they weren't reigning. They would win at that year versus the newest team to all of football. Sure. And those Alabama fans, I don't know what they're like when they when they're playing Georgia or whatever. But they were so sweet to us guys. Oh, they, they were like, oh, oh, little Georgia State. Like, did so well. Where is Georgia State again? <laughs> you guys come back. Tennessee fans were nice until the end. Then they were. Not I don't so know. Nice. I don't. I don't know. If Tennessee fans were all that nice because it was, you know, still it was a shell shocker. He was there. Right was there. Yeah, yeah. Great game. And, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a fantastic game. Right. Really good. I think I got one last question for you. Then I'll yeah. let you get back to everything. Um, so you mentioned about you know Appalachian State. Uh, what's it like being in a conference coaching against your alma mater and a team that you coached at for so many years? Early on was very hard. Very yeah. hard. I spent 18 years of my life up there, so it was, you know, it was hard going back in there. And uh, you know, my kids were born there. My wife, me and my wife met there. She went to App State, played tennis, and you know, it was a, it was, it was a tough deal early on because mm-hmm. you know you just want to win so badly, and, and you're going against all your. They were all my best friends, and, yeah. and still, you know, the head coach up there today is a great friend of mine. And uh, but now it's 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 you know it's not anything. Uh, Probably the hardest part, you don't get invited back to the things that you once did. You know, <laughs> alumni events, and hey, come on up, and we got a big uh, reunion. They're like, ah, hey, you're going to leave Coach Elliott off the, <laughs> off the list now. But I tell you, this past uh, this past winter, I had a chance. We went up and took my kids up there skiing and uh, drove in there, walked in. I mean, nobody was there on Sunday afternoon. I just walked in. I was sitting in the locker room. I was like, hey, <laughs> sitting in the meeting room, just walking around. Looking for playbooks. Yeah. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we went up, we went up to the game uh, this year. Uh, uh, what was it? It was a Saturday. Was it or Thursday? It was, it was a Thursday. Wednesday. Game. Wednesday. 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 Yeah, Wednesday. We, we, we yeah, drove up. I was. I was confident. Yeah. I was confident this was the year. I, I firmly believed it. And yeah, uh, and I had yeah. them on the ropes. I think we were up twenty-one to seven. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Thrash dropped a a looks to me if I can remember correctly a touchdown pass right there uh, to go up twenty-eight to seven before halftime, and uh, they score or they score right there before half, and then Granger comes out and yeah, <laughs> this this is the mindset. Of, I guess 
players from the south you know if you're not in the mountains uh it was cold they yeah, thought it was cold very cold they were all they were all vaseline their arms and and i'm looking at these i'm going what is wrong with you baby? i mean you know it's a mindset you yeah. know and i think uh, granger fumbles on the opening possession they go down and score and then they figured out we're gonna just run it right over you you know yeah. they weren't, they, i don't think they threw it again and it's just unfortunate wasn't yeah. meant to be that night could have been uh, well, we got him at home this year. That's, we'll, that's we'll, get, we'll get it this, this year. Could be this, this year, this year. This could be the year. Hopefully, the year. It could be definitely be the year. Excellent, excellent. Well, uh, thanks again, Coach, for yeah. talking with us. Uh, really appreciate. It. Hopefully, we can do it again in the future. Let's do it again. And, uh, really enjoyed it. Thank you very sure. much. Thank y'all Thank very you. much. Anytime. All right. Well, there you have it. Our first interview with the coach, and I think it went uh, pretty well. A lot of fun. Like I said before, hopefully we can do more of this type stuff. Stay tuned and check out next week's episode of the weekly podcast, episode 200. Can't believe we've done 200 weeks in a row of talking about Georgia State. Thanks to everyone who's been listening since the beginning, and thanks for everybody that came along along the way. We really appreciate it. Uh, go Panthers.